Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael the Pod Pina, and I'm joined on the other line by my good friend, Sports Illustrated staff writer, Rohan Nadkarni. Rohan, we're currently in that sweet spot between the draft and free agency. Damian Lillard is posting photos of Kevin Durant in a Trailblazers <laughs> jersey. Kyrie Irving is at the BET Awards dodging questions about his future with the Nets. It's anything but quiet before the storm right now. So I only have one question for you. How many hours of Love Island did you watch over the weekend? <laughs> um, you know, I'm a little bit I'm hamstrung right now because Love Island's only dropping one episode a day. And it's like, let's bump that up to two or three. You know what I mean? I, I need more. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, we're fortunate the season's gotten off to a hot start. You know, Davide came in the house and the recoupling, he picked Gemma. Can I stop uh, you, know, you for left, two he seconds? He left Liam can in I, a lurch. Yeah, Can I please, stop you for two seconds? Please. Can you please, before we go further, um, explain what Love Island is to the listeners who don't know? Like, <laughs> what are the rules of this show? Love Island is a dating show. It starts with... Uh, is it eight or ten people are all in a villa? Um, I have on no the idea. on the first day, <laughs> on the first day they're all uh, sorted into couples. The goal of the show is to be the last couple standing and win uh, fifty thousand pounds. But you know we're obviously just watching it for the relationship drama, etc. Uh, people are sorted into couples. They have to decide if they're going to stay with their partner, if they need to, you know, find true love. So that means you're chatting up somebody else who may already be in a couple with someone. Uh, eventually, love triangles, love squares, love pentagons uh, ensue. And, you know, we're just we're consuming all that drama. And it's fantastic. We already got, you know, Liam, I don't think is particularly happy that Davide has recoupled with Gemma, leaving Liam 
you know, single and looking for someone else uh, to stay in the villa with. So it's, it's going to be an interesting, interesting early week here. Okay. And where can our listeners watch Love Island who want to keep up with the Love Island Minute every week? It's uh, please watch it on Hulu and make sure you're watching the UK version. Do not. Please do not. I do not support, endorse, condone uh, any other country's versions of Love Island. Only the UK. <laughs> okay. Well, 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 I think we're, you know, we're not in the thick of the offseason yet, so we can't spend too much correct, time on the line right now. But I wanted to get just give you your much appreciated, much your appreciated in the sun. Um, okay, so on today's show, we'll be opening up the mailbag. We actually have a ton of we have some questions. really good emails for this episode. Yes. These people are bringing um, it already. They did. Uh, we will uh, we will be previewing free agency speculating a little bit about KD's future and so much more. But first, a quick reminder, speaking of those emails, please keep them coming. Openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. All right, Rohan. So let's kick things off with a free agency primer. Um, It is June 27th today. Free agency and the offseason officially begins on July 1st later this week. It feels like the biggest names, Bradley Beal, James Harden, Zach Levine, are going to re-sign with their respective teams. But Kyrie Irving is a wild card, and a bunch of trades that did not happen on draft night will probably go down at some point over the next couple of weeks. So to preview things, I gave you a couple questions in the outline. Let's just hop right in. The first that I gave you is... Pretty simple. What two teams interest you the most heading into July 1st? Um, Do you want me to give you one of my teams first, or do you want to kind of kick things off? You know, you can give me one of your teams first. Okay. um, There's some obvious ones out there, and so I'm trying to stay a little on the the path of of, uh, new and fresh and a team that we haven't talked about in a minute. Um, it's the Utah Jazz. Ooh, okay. Uh, I, okay. I, I had like a, see, I had three teams cause one of mine was like a combo and Utah was in that combo. Such an overachiever. <clears throat> I know. Um, yeah. I, so, I mean, the reason why I have them is just, what are they going to do? Yeah. <laughs> like, I know that that's the fundamental question we're asking about all these teams right now, but like they're coming off another disappointing, um, season. There's reported strife with their core players. Uh, Quinn Snyder just left. There is still no head coach there. The front office... There's not even been so much as a rumor, really, in the last few days about their head coaching situation. The reported front runner is uh, Celtics assistant Will Hardy. Um, We'll see if... But a lot of candidates have interviewed over the past few weeks there, and I don't know what to believe until they make a decision uh, or when that's going to be. It's really fascinating that they're going to enter free agency, presumably without a head coach. (laughs) Not that they necessarily need one, but it would be nice. (laughs) It would be nice. And it's just, it's, it's, it's just very odd. And I feel like, you know, when the season ended, everyone was just like, Okay, either Rudy's going to get traded or Donovan's going to get traded. Who should get traded? Which one? Who should they keep? Etc. 
And with every passing day, it just feels like neither is going to get traded, and they're really just going to be rolling this thing back and praying that the threes fall in the playoffs, and maybe they'll add someone with the taxpayer who they can actually play in a playoff series as opposed to Rudy Gay, who they decided not to play. back, yeah. Um, remember maybe. how remember how hyped everyone was about Rudy Gay? I was like leading that that train, and <laughs> he didn't play. I don't think it he was played a so minute. Strange because he was like also had was started playing pretty well during the regular season. It was strange. Yeah. So this team has. Uh, I mean, I don't think any one free agent signing with the taxpayer mid level is gonna gonna shore up their biggest problems which is perimeter defense and they have you know a whole bunch of weak perimeter defenders mike conley is just a step slower than i mean he's just getting up there in age that's fine jordan clarkson boyan bogdanovich uh, you can go kind of up and down the roster there and like if they don't trade rudy which it's still possible that they do trade Rudy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the number one team that he has been linked to is the Chicago Bulls, which is something that we actually talked about on this podcast, I think when the season was still going on as a potential trade destination for Rudy with they've got Vucevic, they've got um, Patrick Williams, they've got some draft capital. Like, I think that that is, or I should say some young players, but like, I feel like that is the the trade if there's going to be mm. one. He's also been linked to the Nets, and I, I don't even the Nets, the can't Raptors, be, yeah, the Raptors, uh, the Mavs. There's been a few teams out there, and you know he's a very he just turned thirty, I think, over the weekend actually. And I like I'm a big Gobert person. I think he's super valuable. I do wonder the more I think about it. I've been thinking about it in the context of Chicago in particular, like the value of Rudy Gobert offensively outside of Utah and Quinn Snyder's offensive system is really interesting to me because if you go to a team that doesn't have a ton of spacers and isn't like built to just jack up threes off mm-hmm. of high pick and roll, what is Rudy what is Gobert doing, doing on offense? And on a team with DeRozan, it would be very interesting, I think, to watch. Um, because Vooch kind of has given them that pick and pop option. He takes way more jumpers than Gobert. It, right. I agree. It would be very interesting. It would be very interesting, especially when he's already this kind of offensive cipher in the playoffs where you you kind of need him to do a couple of things when teams inevitably try to space you out. Uh, yes. And he's just he's owed a lot of money. He's owed a lot of money. He is so like okay. What do they? What do they do? Like, are you trading Mike Conley? Or what can you get for Mike Conley, who is going to make twenty two point six million dollars this season? Uh, I, I like is Nikhil Alexander Walker as a as a as a carrot? Is he a carrot to attach to one of these contracts? I, I, I I'm just I don't know. And um, if they do nothing, like. Just because they're they're hosting All Star Weekend in 2023, like I don't know, that would just be such a bummer. Um, I wrote I wrote the argument for keeping Gobert and Mitchell together after the season, and mm-hmm. I think I've talked myself into it a little bit. Uh, 
this that seed two years ago still the number one seed. I think they had decent moments in that. I mean, they were, hey, a shot away from being in a game seven. Who knows what could have happened? <clears throat> um, I think they had some positive moments in that series, even though when it looked bad, it looked very bad. Uh, I think a, you sh- maybe you bring in a new coach, see if you can change the system, uh, see if you can find some well, kind of... Well, they do have to bring in yeah. a new coach. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, 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 because as tempting as it is to say, tear it all down, trade both of them, that's just never really been Utah's MO as a franchise. And do you really want to just be stuck in a tanking wilderness for the next however many years, knowing that you're probably not going to be a big free agent destination? I guess why blow it up before you really have to, unless those guys start asking out? Maybe you get an injury or something that goes your way. You're in the conference finals. You're, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little tempted for them to actually keep it all together. So they have a, they have, I think this, what's it, six <coughs> point something million taxpayer mid-level. They have a $9.7 million trade exception from Remember the when it was move. just the mid-level exception and the biannual exception, and now it's the non-taxpayer and the taxpayer and just, oh God, it's so annoying. Gotta, you know, make it fair for everybody, Rohan. That's <laughs> name of the game. You don't, you can't have a checkbook championship. No, no, that would be frowned upon. Yeah, and if uh, the team that loses to the checkbook champion, they should be <laughs> able to get something. Also, just gonna throw that out there. Um, so I don't know what else you have to say about Utah, but I just if you're stale and you're actually gonna go into next season with the same roster, I find that very hard to believe. I feel like they have to make moves, even though they don't have a lot of resources. And yeah, I, I'm I'm trying to find a wing or someone like that that I could bring in. We we talked about this person before. What if you can maybe get a Caleb Martin or someone like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, an injection yeah. of energy. I think you know you have to challenge Mitchell to improve defensively. You have to find a coach who's going to somehow get improvement out of him on that end of the floor. I think that that's reasonable to expect that he might not become a lockdown defender. He can become, you know, Devin Booker, someone who I think has managed to do enough defensively uh, to be on the floor in the playoffs, certainly. So, yeah, you got, you got to find a way. I mean, Rudy Gobert, you got to find a way for him to – can he add one shot to his game, like, say, DeAndre Ayton has, something like that. Um, sometimes you have to challenge your stars to improve as well. So I, I think that's – in the realm of possibility for Utah. Real quick, the last thing I want to say about Utah before you give me your team. Did you think about them at all when Jeremy Grant was traded for like a 2025 That was first? tough, yeah. I mean, I guess the, like, could they have really... They would have had to send some salary back because uh, I guess right. Portland... They did not have, Yeah. Yeah, Portland had a big trade exception. That's why they... That was, yeah. I think, very attractive to Detroit. Um, but didn't you and, say they have the Ingles exception? Oh, but they can't yeah. fit into that. I mean, no, that's only nine point seven yeah. million. Um, but I just thought that that was, and yeah, you're you're right to bring up the salary. And frankly, it goes the other way, where mm-hmm. I do wonder uh, what the appetite is to spend money in Utah right now. Mm. Um, so maybe they just cut salary and. Run it back and hope for the best. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a lot of teams have to be a, a little upset that that's all it took to get Grant. Uh, but, you know, Portland obviously had the financial flexibility. But I mean, that, that was a strange trade. I, I I guess Detroit, 
you know, they wanted to free up space, whatever. But I, I was surprised that that's all it took to get him. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Yeah, all right. Give me give me a, a team that you've got your eye on. Well, this is a team that I kind of had put in the same category as Utah to an extent, but I got the Phoenix Suns mm. uh, in, as one of my teams. Love it. Um, mostly because what do they do? They were a 64-win team. We all thought they were uh, – I think most of us thought they had a very good chance to make the finals, if not win at all. Don't even get to the conference finals. Again – that game seven, I think that that was a one in a hundred chance what happened that night. Not the Mavs winning, but the manner in which they won, which I think is going to maybe have some people thinking they need to do things more extreme. But what are they going to do with DeAndre Ayton? Uh, I think they need help at backup point guard, definitely. Campaign kind of really struggled during the playoffs. Chris Paul, I just don't know that they can count on his long-term health in these postseason runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do they do to kind of improve this team? Uh, do they maybe look into, you know, do you try to go for a huge trade with Aiton? Maybe you attach Cam Johnson in it as well and try to get a star back. Uh, is there anyone out there that they can kind of go get? Uh, I just want to know how, you know, are they going to be willing to commit to being this contender? Or will ownership kind of dial it back because of how the season ended? So... I don't want to fast forward too far, but I'm going to. One of the other questions that I have for you is um, to give me your favorite fake Kevin Durant trades. Mm. Uh, Mm. Now we're talking. Now we're talking, Mike. So what do you think about this? Uh, DeAndre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges, three unprotected first round picks for Kevin Durant. Who says no to that? If you're Phoenix, is there a way that you can do the trade with Johnson instead of Bridges? Is there anyone else they can offer, like, in combo? I think you need Bridges because of salary. So mm. he's kind of got to be a part of it. I mean, I think Aiton, with his sign-in trade, will get you close enough in salary. Although there's that weird, like, 50% rule or something like that that I don't know when that triggers... That's an interesting one. I almost think if you're Phoenix, you have to find a way to keep Bridges. This is where Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant. This is where the Jalen Smith pick really, 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 really (laughs) hurts them. Because if they, and he was actually, I thought 
had some good moments last season when he had to play. But if they draft anyone with upside there and actually have them under contract, that person gets put in this trade. Am I really? Oh, my God. I think I'm. The problem is who plays perimeter defense for them? Do you move Crowder? Do you play Crowder and Durant together? Uh, are you ready to? Could you play Cam Johnson and Durant together? Yes. Um, why not? What's wrong with that? I think Johnson is a little bit too slow to defend the other team's best perimeter player, which is what's happening in that scenario. Durant's not so, doing that during the regular season. And probably not start- even the first couple rounds of the playoffs. Here's the question. Can this starting five win the title? CP, Booker, KD, Cam Johnson, and then I'm just going to say... JaVale, they'll bring back ja- no, they'll bring back JaVale McGee, who I think is a free agent. Um, sure. So like that's starting five right there. And then you've got you've got Shamit, you've got who else is on this roster? Um like totally blanking about the Phoenix Suns. You've got yeah, Shamit, uh Campaign, Tory Craig. Uh that's one of the then, Aaron Holiday, one of the holidays. He's a free agent, but he's restricted. Um, yeah. Um, but bottom line is, and I don't know, I feel like you probably will be the favorite to win the title. If, do you disagree with that? KD, Booker, Chris Paul, your three best yeah, players. Yeah, no, that's, that's a title favorite. That's a title favorite. I mean, that talk about half-court scoring. Talk about pull-up Hezzy Jimbos. Uh, Just pl- loaded with hezzy, it. Hezzy Raining jimbos. the Jimbos. Um, <laughs> Going Jimbo Fisher mode in the NBA exactly. playoffs. <laughs> so that's, that was one of my uh, my KD fake trades, and I think that... I like it a lot. Honest, I honestly, think I like Ky- it. And I think that's Kyrie one of the leaves, best trades Brooklyn could do. So Brooklyn's interesting because if they do that trade, you need the three first. Those are very, very valuable. And then you're just like, our three best players are uh, Ben Simmons, DeAndre Ayton, and Mikael Bridges. And we're just going to – these are three young guys relatively. <laughs> Actually, if you told me you had that team a year ago, you'd be like – yeah, that sounds incredible. And I think sounds like fun. And I think Aiton's actually the kind of player, the kind of center who could work with Simmons. Simmons would be the five and Aiton would be the four. Let's go. Just get crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, um, okay, so can I give you another team that I have? Not, we got to zoom through yeah. these because I want to okay. get to the questions that we okay. have. Okay. My other team is the Atlanta Hawks. Ah. Um, uh, they are... I feel like I adopted the Atlanta Hawks a couple of years ago. <laughs> Just love everything about them. I love longtime listeners know I love Trey Young. Uh, love how they've drafted around him. Love DeAndre Hunter. Uh, big John Collins fan, but looks like John Collins is on the way out. Everybody has been reporting this. I mean, it's been like 18 months of reporting that John Collins is going to get traded. Yeah, but, but then, then nothing happened draft night. I mean, I guess obviously he could still go, but... I feel like now is the time. Mm. I, I I I don't think that they are just going to roll this back at a pick, at a uh, a, a mid level signing. I don't think that's what they're going to do. I think that Collins, Bogdanovich, 
Herder. I think they're really shopping around. What's fascinating to me, though, is are you willing to take a step back as an organization and not, I mean, you'll play a Kong, I should say Capella also is someone who could be on the trade block, is on the trade block. Um, are you willing to take a step back as an organization knowing that Trae Young's about to sign a Supermax contract extension? I mean, what are you really taking a step back from? Because I don't think this is the... Well, I mean, what I mean by that is, are you are you... Okay, so you just drafted Griffin. You're going to re-sign Hunter, but am I trading Collins? Let's say Collins and Herter for in separate deals for draft compensation or guys on rookie scale contracts um, or expiring deals. Like, is that what I'm? Is that what I'm trying to do mm-hmm. right now? I don't know. Danilo Gallinari's contract is, um, I th- it's non guaranteed until june 29th which is in two days yeah. five million guaranteed 21.4 million guaranteed if he stays on the team or if they they don't wait i feel him like the only way they guarantee him is if they know they have a trade i don't see them pay, bringing him back at that number right so it's just a lot of questions right now in the short term for this team and i still think that you know defensively they were atrocious i don't think that that was because of personnel I think that that was just like youth and effort and having Trey Young play a ton of minutes didn't help. But is the, is offensively, the KD, is the Katie trades question? That's a question too, right? That is a question. Can I step I on it one, again? Yes, step on yes. Go ahead, please. I mean, don't you think the Hawks could put together a really good package for him? Uh, they sure could. It, it would be like so. it would be like Phoenix Light, but you could do like. Collins, Hunter, and Picks, could you not? Absolutely. Um, I'm just thinking about, do I have enough to win the title if I'm Atlanta? Trey and KD, and who else? I think you're keeping, you're probably still keeping a couple of your wings. So I think in this scenario, you you would have Herter, Herter, you'd have Bogdanovich. Okonwo. uh, Okongwu, who we both really like. You'd still have Capella even. Uh, you know, can you maybe you flip one of Herter and Bogdanovich into someone who's a little bit more defensive minded, even though I really like Bogdanovich? Uh, I don't think that's enough if I'm Brooklyn, to be honest. How much worse is it than the Phoenix package? Because if the Phoenix package is never on the table, I mean, maybe you get one more player then. Maybe you get Herter, uh, or maybe you get Okongwu, Collins, and Hunter. Is that way too much? Could you get three of their guys for KD? And three picks? Two picks, two swaps. <laughs> um, I need First of all, I need three picks, and I'm not even mm. budging off that if I'm moving <laughs> Kevin Durant. Like, I don't have any picks. I gave yeah, all my true. picks to the Houston Rockets. So number one, if I have to move him and it's the apocalypse, you know, you know a quote that's picks. aged the best is Raphael Stone. I believe it was him who was like, just wait. He was like, wait how these picks turn out. We were like, no, man, that Harden trade was really bad. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> like, is anyone happier than the Houston Rockets this week? No. No. <laughs> to answer your question. Um and it's a redux of what this what happened with the Celtics when they owned the future of the Brooklyn Nets and look what they did with it. I mean, 
when you own a team's draft future, they just like, turned into it, a team that perennially comes close. Um, brutal. Um, <laughs> okay, so can we? Okay, so let's actually skip ahead, unless you really wanted to give me another team that you were, had your eyes on. Um, I was just gonna put Portland and Detroit. I'll just throw them out there as like teams that actually ha- could have cap space and be interesting with it. Guess what? My other KD trade destination Ooh. is Portland. Let's hear um, it. Let's hear the trade. Simons, Sharp, Josh Hart, three firsts. Uh, we we just talked about Simons before we started recording. I like him a lot. I think you like him a little bit more than me, even though I think he's really, really good. and Over 40% from three last year on almost eight shots a game is nuts. Pull-up sniper. Yeah, but I would maybe rather take the Hawks trade that I came up with. Okay. Um, Sharp, I don't know anything about draft prospects. Smart people. Mike Schmitz in that front office was supposed uh, reportedly really big on Sharp. I mean, Sharp he's, is basically like a fourth first round pick at this point. Like he's theoretical entirely, right? And I, I just think if, like, you in that situation, you'd probably like look to recuperate or rebuild uh, Ben Simmons' trade value potentially, and then because yeah, just my, really, uh, I will say in my trade, I think that Hunter and Collins are actually good fits around Simmons. I think if you're Joe Sy, though, and you're like, we were so close to having the greatest team ever built, <laughs> and now I'm just like, no, we're we're still going to like be good. That's our strategy, but we're doing it with John Collins, and yeah. he's going to be our second best player. Like That's just not... I just don't think that that's, yeah, that's, that's a feasible strategy. That's fair. Um, I like DeAndre f- Hunter a lot, though. I want to throw that out. Uh, there. Yeah, I'm no, he's... DeAndre Hunter fan. He's great. If he had already made an all-star team, then it would make it a lot easier yeah. to make a trade like that, but he hasn't. Who would um, you... This is maybe going to sound really dumb in two seconds. Is there a chance, like, three years from now, you'd rather have DeAndre Hunter than Mikhail Bridges? Uh, no, I, that's definitely possible. Absolutely. Okay. I love Hunter. Me too. And I think he's like, I think in the, especially in that Heat series, he was showing like he's more than three and D. Like he can put the ball on the floor. I think he's got some offensive juice. Yeah. When I did my Hawks cover story uh, and I was asking around, you know, who's the second all-star here? It was like, Hunter's kind of got to be that mm-hmm. guy for, sure. for them, to, for this era to really hit and pop. So unless you moved him for someone like yeah. KD, um, that still rings true, and I think they believe in him as an organization. Mm-hmm. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. 
This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Um, let's talk about a couple free agents before we open up the mailbag. Let's talk about a couple free agents who are really interesting to us um, heading into July 1st. Uh, my first one is just your boy, PJ Tucker. And he interests me because it's, it, I, I, I honestly forget who reported this. I'm so sorry. I read so much, um, try to gather all the intel that I can from across the internet. But someone reported that it would be, um, People around the league would be surprised. I believe this was Mark Stein. To, he, this was Mark okay, Stein. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to shout out to Mark Stein. Um, would be surprised if PJ Tucker returned to the Heat, which is fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. He was a starter for them. I mean, he was a massive for them, especially during the regular season. Yes, um, and yeah. he he's you know he's played so many minutes um, over the past five years. I believe he's appeared in more playoff games than any player since 2017 which is a wild statistic and he went i think three straight regular seasons playing all 82 i want to say so you know his he's if anyone can kind of truck through and stiff arm father time for longer than anticipated it's this dude absolutely and i just i'm fascinated to see like what contender will give him the mid-level, yeah. the money he's looking for, but also the opportunity to uh, contend for championships, which is obviously what he wants to do at this stage in his career. So it's just, it, he's fascinating to me. And it's like, right it's a it's a redux of what happened with the Bucks, where whoever signs him is significantly weakening uh, a rival contender. I mean, I think it would be a huge loss for Miami. Uh, he was so important for what they did last season. And yeah, once the playoffs start, every team wants PJ Tucker. And Stein's reporting that most executives expect him to sign that three-year, $30 million contract with the Sixers, which I think would require the Sixers to do some more trades. So if you see them making moves, that could be for PJ Tucker. I mean, if the Philly set, brought in Melton and Tucker, that'd be a really nice offseason for them. Um, I think those guys would pair really well with their stars. But yeah, I think Tucker's a great pick. I think that he's going to, like I said, once the postseason starts, every team wants him. Uh, he's he might be one of those guys where the last year of that contract, he just he barely plays. He might be under ten minutes a game. He might not be in your playoff rotation, but I think he's got at least one more great playoff run in him. Yes, um, good call by you to to shout out the Sixers as a yeah. potential. Um, Suter, they are over the tax. I'm trying to look up right now live. I'm pretty um, confident that they would need to clear uh, a couple, a contract or two to offer him the three years, thirty million that's been reported. I, the other cap wonks have been out there with that information. Right, two uh, two point seven million over the tax right now. So that's they need to get to get under that number. Um, mm-hmm. Shake Milton, yeah. Jaden Spinner, just naming yeah. some. Um, 
And they're also trying to move on from Tobias, Tobias Harris, Harris and, and Thibault. So it'll be that'll be interesting. Um he would be a great fit for them, obviously. I would I think would be really cool to see him like on a team that isn't like championship contender, but like if they got PJ Tucker, it would be really fun to see them in a seven game mm-hmm. series like Portland, where like Portland is like, okay, we've got Dame, we're gonna re-sign Nurk. Um, got Jeremy Grant. We've got Simons. We've got you know what can some of these younger pieces do with us? And then we add PJ Tucker to be our small ball five slash starting power forward. I think that that would be really interesting. Um, we'll see though. Like, yeah. uh, but he's he's really interesting yeah. for me. Um, who who uh, who do you got your eye on? I I'm gonna go with my guy Gary Harris, who got back up to thirty eight point thirty eight percent shooting from three last year. Uh, I think the injuries derailed what was going to be a really promising career in Denver. Like I thought there were a couple years where his floor was just higher than Jamal Murray's. Um, like I, I think that people maybe don't remember how close they were at the start of their career um, in terms of the impact they brought on the court. And, you know, they don't win that jazz series in the bubble, for example, without Gary Harris, who kind of came in later in that series and started to offer at least something resembling resistance against Donovan Mitchell. Um, I think he's the kind of player that if a contender signs him, there are certain players who the better team they play on, the more value they have. Like Andrew Wiggins is a perfect example. Um, Absolutely. And I don't think Gary Harris is going to be Andrew Wiggins, but I think he could have like a massive impact for a contender. I'd be really fighting to sign him because I think that there's a chance he goes under the radar and some some team that may not have cap space is able to get him from one of these exceptions. And I think he could be part of a really good team's playoff rotation. Yeah, he's he's interesting just because he's coming off like a pretty big contract. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, you know, he made $20.4 million last year. I wonder... If he would be up for like a make good, um, not just hunting the biggest dollar amounts and mm-hmm. and contract length amounts, if he actually were willing to kind of um, restore his value on mm-hmm. a on a good team for yeah. the Take taxpayer that deal, yep. I don't think he's veteran minimum yet, but like, yeah, like you look at someone. Hmm, I don't know how much money Otto Porter is going to get, but he just signed the vet min and now he's going to make yeah. more than that. Um, so that's kind of an example. Uh, obviously, Gary Harris is a little bit younger and when healthy last year in Orlando, he was he was uh, he was on my radar for sure. I would I'd love to see him in a little bit more of a relevant situation. The Heat uh, should be fighting to sign him. He would be interesting there. Um, I. At the same time, I'm not sure how much he moves the needle, uh, but he's 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 attractive. I think I think good teams have their eye on him. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll say. Uh, so that's a fun one. Um, okay, should I give a player or should we open up the mailbag? What your do you call. Do? This is your world. I'm just living in it, Mike. Wow. Okay. So we could each give I, one more player, but we don't have to have a discussion. We could just go quickly. Okay. T.J. Warren is my guy. Um, just completely overlooked. Uh, obviously, he had some serious medical issues and operations, and that's not good. Mm-hmm. And 
physical health obviously matters, but I'm always optimistic with guys like this for whatever reason. Not super old. I've seen what he can do when healthy. He was basically Michael Jordan in the bubble. Like, I don't know if people remember that, but he was, he was so ridiculous. Um, and just like a team that if you were, okay, so just throwing like a very good, t- I know you're, you're laughing because you know, I think you know what I'm going to say, but like a team that had str- struggles in the NBA finals scoring points, if they had a TJ Warren come off the bench, mm. that would be helpful. And that's like, you know, I think a really good team, this applies to just about, not even just the Celtics, like any good basketball team that wants size on the wing, that wants someone who can, you know, independently create shots for themselves, who's a really good cutter too, Um, not necessarily going to play make, not necessarily going to spot up, but can spot up as he's proven. I'm laughing, by the way, only because we said we were going to go quick on these. And I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I can't do it's it. fine. I love it. I love that. I. It's what I love about you, Mike. But keep going, please. So that's that's someone that no. TJ Ward was really really good. You, like perimeter scores like that, like just don't really become available. And like yeah. you said, uh, there's a chance that a really good team is able to pick him up, and I think that could be very interesting. I think he'd be like a incredible pickup for the Celtics. I mean, they still have that 40 exception. I don't know if you could do a sign and trade into something like that, et cetera, but... Just sign him into the mid-level, baby. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, that would be an absolute steal, I think, so... No, I think he's really, really interesting. Uh, uh, it's hard to gauge because he hasn't played in a couple years, but, yeah, he's uh, a very, very, very intriguing player. Okay, give me your player in much more concise terms and verbiage than I I mean, I'll just say Gary Payton the second, who I think is... Really an emerging perimeter defender. I like the way he plays offense because uh, he's willing to take those open threes but also can play big, be a screener, etc. I think it's always going to be tricky when you sign guys away from Steph Curry, but, I mean, there's a lot of teams I'd like to see him play for. He's good. He made my all-defensive team. Yeah. Um, second team all-defense. Tremendous player. Yeah, I I agree that it's kind of weird that it took – him so long to kind of catch on in a winning environment, but he's very good and congratulations to him. Would you rather have him than Tybal? Yes. Yes. He's better. I think he's better. I agree. Um, Okay. Let's open up the mailbag. We we got some, some good ones here, some juicy ones. First one comes in from Peter who resides in Sydney, Australia. Peter writes, good day, the pod, (laughs) Rohan and Chris. That's I know I've asked I know I have asked one of these questions before but I have two very serious ones for you. The first is who is cooler between Michael and Rohan? I would include Chris in the question but now that he's homies with Spike Lee he clearly needs to be excluded. True. Um So when you're friends with Spike Lee but you also watch The Affair, how does that cross <laughs> out? I'm just I'm just asking for the the people out there. No, I mean, in Herring's defense, I also watched The Affair, uh, <laughs> but I've but not at the expense of other TV shows. Um, 
Uh, that's not true. I haven't seen The Sopranos, The Wire, or Breaking Bad. But Okay, you don't need to say those <laughs> things in public. And I think you just answered this question. I am cooler than you. Uh, um, I don't okay, know that, so part two of Peter's question. If you heard Mike's answer about TJ Warren, that's that's me submitting my case. <laughs> the second part of my question, writes Peter, were the two teams that competed in the NBA Finals this year two of the weaker Finals teams that you remember? <laughs> I'm not saying the Celtics and the Warriors are bad teams, but both have fatal flaws, and Mm -hmm. I feel like neither stand up to the levels of champions slash finalists in past years, and I don't think that they would win against any of the last 10 champions. Ooh. Um, Curious to hear your thoughts with love, Peter. Peter, thank you so much. It's taking for the all email. my strength not to say Peter in an English accent right now. I don't know Do why. I don't know why. You won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll save that for our Patreon. Um, so I don't know if this is a hot take or not. Um, like I firmly, I believe that I, I, I just disagree with the question. Like I didn't, I don't think that these were bad finals teams. Wow. Intr- I actually kind of, Agree with it to the level that I think we got so used to super teams that it was kind of strange to see these teams in the finals. I think that the parity in the league this year was very good. Uh, and I okay, think so that, let, let me ask I think you. that we're used you. to things being so top heavy. But I think if you're looking at it since 2010, I think it's like you don't. Okay, you don't have to go back far, like. I think I mean I think that the teams in the conversation are the 2020 Lakers even though they had LeBron and a version of Anthony Davis that was spectacular but like I'd pick the 2020 Lakers against the Celtics team How dare you How dare you I'm sorry but I would like pretty easily um do you remember who the third best player on that team was It didn't matter that's the thing is it just didn't matter the way AD was playing in that playoff run Doug. Um, Grant listen, Williams all day. No, no stop no, it. I can't stop it. Don't Grant Williams all day me. I can't. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I don't think they were bad teams. I just think that the league has flattened a bit after we reached this like super team height from, you know, 2011 to 2017 or 18 or whatever. So... I don't think that the Lakers 2020 championship team was a great team. I don't think that the Heat team that made the finals was a great team. Sorry, Rohan. I then look at last year's finals and it's like, I'm not, this isn't a question to discredit champions at all. Like you won the title. Great. I just don't think that, that Suns team was particularly great. I don't think that the Bucks were like an all-time juggernaut. I mean, I think, I, I think that Bucks team was actually a little bit underrated. Now, if you look back at they had Middleton and Tucker, which who they both do, of whom they didn't have this year, dude. But like they couldn't score in the second round. Like they couldn't score. Like people have. Like, I mean, all we, we, think were, about, we were all firing Bud. We were all firing Bud. No, it's yeah, but it's just like when people think about like that. I think when people think about the Bucks as a, the champion, they think so, only think about or the first thing that pops in their head is Giannis obliterating the Suns in Game Six, just a masterful performance, which was a close historic. Game. 
Yeah, and Andy hit like eighty percent of you know whatever he hit like all his free throws. Sure, too. just an, yeah. it was an iconic game. Disney watched it and was like, "We have to make a TV show about this person." <laughs> um, Herring watched it and was like, "I think he might oh have to be God, number one in the top one hundred. <laughs> I love Chris. You you um, very conveniently evaded the questions about who's going to be the number one at your top one hundred during our. So I'm Man thinking pod. about it. No, and I'm still you, thinking about it. And then you it. also evaded the question when I directly texted you about it. I'm I'm thinking about it. It's still, you know, there's a lot of candidates. That's all I'll say. Um, but I, I, I don't think that the Warriors are significantly worse than that Bucks team is. I just, like, I don't. Yeah, and agreed. I don't think that the Warriors or the Celtics are worse than that Lakers team. And... I'm picking that Lakers team against that Lakers Celtics team was not here. good. I'm sorry, it just it, wasn't. It was top heavy enough that it, to win. I'm sorry, like my thoughts on KCP, the bubble. KCP probably third best player on wow. that team. Yeah, thank you for proving my point. What do you think about the? I think the Raptors are phenomenal. Um, but like, <laughs> I'm sorry, just like that team is not like this all time juggernaut that really separates itself from definitely not those Warriors or the Celtics. I'm just like, sorry, I, I don't see it. Like, wait, I, you don't I, think the 2019 Raptors would have beaten these Celtics? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm I'm saying it's they aren't significantly better to even right, right. necessitate a question that says that these two teams, these these Warriors and these Celtics. It was to me were, to me it's less about these teams and more about this season. I think we're just gonna look back on this season and think it was a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. Um like I don't know how to make this point, but I think it's, I think that this question is more a reflection about how there were a lot of good teams this season. And while like the Raptors may not have separated themselves in this like macro conversation, like they'd separated themselves that season in a way that it feels like maybe the Warriors and Celtics didn't this year. Um, I don't know. It's, I'm with you though. I don't think these teams were bad or weak. I just think we're entering kind of a different phase of NBA basketball. I think people were expecting the entire season for the Suns to be in the championship, the Bucks to be in the championship, the Nets to figure it out and be in the championship. And when neither of those teams, uh, none of those teams advanced, it was like, okay, well, so I think I think expectations always kind of cloud what is actually happening when we talk about sports and, and the NBA in particular. So I think both those teams are really good. Um, I mean, like people were saying that the Celtics had the best defense in like 25 years. Like I, just because you lose in the finals, even though your defense played really well in the finals, like I, I can't just disregard everything that happened before that. Like still awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome team. Um, okay. So thank you so much for that email, Peter. It was great. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, we have an email now from Calvin who writes, Hi, Michael, Rohan, and Chris. First time writing, long time listeners since the Andrew Sharp and Ben Golliver days. After Steph's finals MVP and fourth ring propelled him into some people's all-time top 10 list, his Game 4 performance in the finals is clearly a legacy-defining game. What are some of your most memorable and legacy-defining games of your top 10 players? Sidebar, everyone's top 10 is an entire discussion unto itself. LeBron's Game 6 in 2012. Sorry, not sorry, Michael. I'm from New York. Against the Celtics is another example. You could also go the other direction with legacy tarnishing performances that affect how certain players are viewed historically. You have Harden's many playoff flameouts to choose from, or Chris Paul's Game 7 versus the Mavs this year. Keep up all the great work, everyone. I appreciate all the nuanced, intelligent, and at times hilarious discussions. Thank you, Calvin. Great question. So, all-time top 10 legacy... I I have some legacy games that I I just want to say... Mm-hmm. Probably not necessarily all-time top ten players for me, but just good games. But, no, I get, I did the same. Yeah, like legacy defining games in recent history, the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we thought that Jimmy Butler's legacy would be the bubble, um, and then he had this playoff run. Mm-hmm. I think his game six in the Garden, when everyone wrote and said that the Heat were zombies. When Boston State iconic. Media was planning the parade routes, and yep, yep. That never happened, yeah. but anyway, Max Reese was out of bounds. Um, <laughs> do you have Do you have another? Do you, oh my do you God, have, don't do, get me do you, started. Do you, do you have a legacy-defining game that kind of pops in your head? I mean, this is like legacy-defining, but also just uh, like NBA what-if games clay game six uh against the thunder in 2015 or 16 rather great one um Kawhi's game seven against the sixers uh in 2019 second round which is when you look at the box score now it was like inefficient and you're like what but like when you were watching it the game was nuts and obviously he hits you know an iconic shot um yeah, those are a couple of big ones for me. And obviously LeBron's game six against Boston was just incredible. I mean, you could put his game seven against the Spurs in 2013 in the conversation as well. So, yeah, those were some ones that popped in my mind. So I don't think it's legacy defining, especially because these careers aren't over. Um, you said Kawhi in game seven of the 2019 playoffs Kawhi and i know it's the first round but Kawhi in game six of the 2021 playoffs against uh the dallas mavericks that's like one of the greatest games i've ever seen by a player 
He had 45, 6, He was nuts shots. in the last two games of that series. Yeah, his game seven was remarkable. It was 28, no turnovers, 10 rebounds, 9 assists, 4 steals. He's guarding Luka. Luka was like... If you know, you know. Do you rem- like anyone who remembers watching that playoff series was like it was three points every single time Zubac switched out on him. It was just like a it, lock. It, three it finally points. got to a point where Grant and I remember saying it. I think on this podcast, but it finally got to a point where the Clippers were like we're going to stop switching. We have Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is guarding Luka Doncic, and that made a huge difference. So for him to and honestly like. He, this guy had already won two titles, so whatever. He's like all-time postseason winning percentage, first ballot Hall of Famer. But there was still a lot of pressure on him in that series. And they were down. They lost the first two games um, at home, had to win two on the road, were down 3-2. They were facing elimination in that game six on the road. It's just he was... It, like that's such epic stuff. I like. I don't really care that it's the first round. Like that was an unreal, unreal. Yeah, this game. is a lame pick. I'm sorry. First round oh, game, okay. really? Come on, dude. You you really don't like um, the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard, and that's I don't know not why. True. What are you, you talking every time about? I bring the, every time I bring no, them I, up, we was, you I was hate. I was on Clippers Island with you last year. I love Paul George. I just don't think a game. For a guy who's like a two-time Finals MVP, you're gonna put a round one well, game no, in there. I'm, look, I, I prefaced <laughs> it by saying it's not necessarily legacy. Yeah, this wasn't. This wasn't. Hey, pick a cool game someone played one time. <laughs> this was a very important game. It was. It was. <laughs> it was a first round game. It's probably his best game, oh. best all around game he's ever played. Oh come on, stop. Oh no, I will not. That was the best game he's ever played. Like not even. A oh question. my god! Absolutely not. Um, legacy defining. Uh, Giannis is that the one we just we mentioned? Mm-hmm. That's legacy defining stuff right there. That's a closeout game in the finals. Like of course. Um, and then I, I just got to shut up, my guy Jason Tatum's forty six on the road in the Eastern Conference semifinals against the defending. Champs. Is that was that points or turnovers? The forty six. That was, was a good joke. Do you write your own stuff? <laughs> so shout out to him. Great game. Um, yeah. Do you have, are there any others? Do you want to kind of close things out with our last email or anywhere else um, to go here? Dwayne Wade, 2006 game three uh, finals against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Tim Donahue. Email coming in from Aaron. <laughs> this is a great one. Really made my mind, the, the the gears in my mind were tinkering as I was reading this. What is a wholly unnecessary change you, <laughs> you'd make to the NBA? One. This is such a good question. I literally had a dream about this this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is a, quote, lucky loser lottery pick. Each year, one team that lost in the first round is randomly selected to jump into the lottery. The pick itself is also random, but guaranteed to be somewhere between 7 and 12. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. My preference. Team selection is unweighted, but the pick number is weighted. A team is only eligible for this once every three years, and if they are selected while ineligible, there is no, quote, lucky loser that year. 
Imagine the drama of Brooklyn getting to pick ninth this year. It could also help with some of the, quote, middle-class problem teams like Portland or Indiana um, have run into the past. So this is a a fascinating one. This I'm is one of the best. Aaron. This is one of the best emails we've ever gotten. Shout out to Aaron. This is normally you guys. I'm honest about the email. Sometimes I don't like the zany questions. I don't like the out there stuff. This is a really, really, really good question. Not only is it a good question, it's also a uh fantastic suggestion like i want the lucky loser lottery pick this this helps a lot with tanking it's not just the play in now there's an incentive to being in the first round of the playoffs uh i think it's a fantastic idea it's it's amazing um i feel like the league should steal this i don't know why seven and twelve were the but it sounds perfect at the same time i'm like yep that's fair it's like it's just somehow the perfect range for it it's it doesn't feel unfair but it also feels weighty at the same time like it's a fantastic idea so if let's say the nets were to once he was like imagine if the nets had the ninth pick this year i'm like wait that would be that would be freaking awesome like yeah that sounds so cool that'd be crack or like <laughs> exactly, oh my god! The 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 Pelicans had the where they have the eighth pick or the ninth yeah. pick. Like if they suddenly got the tenth one too, that would be crazy. Yeah, that's um, a great point. Pelicans also deserve like their own podcast episode for their off season. I just want to say like yeah. they're they're very fascinating. But anyway, um, I I am not creative as Aaron is, and I don't know any. I, I honestly have. I know I said my gears were grinding. Mm-hmm. They they manifested nothing. <laughs> exactly. There was nothing that actually came to mind that I would change about the NBA. I love the NBA. I would like to see. Hmm, I mean, the most obvious one is I just want teams. If you're the best team in the regular season, I think you should be able to pick who your opponent is in the first round. That's all. I've always believed that. Um, do away with conferences, no one cares, and the best team, the two best teams, two best records, just let them pick who they want to play and let the brackets kind of sort themselves out from there. Um, obviously, there needs to be a little bit more thought into what I just said for it to actually work, <laughs> but I want I want that to happen. I think that would be really cool. Um, yeah, that'd be spicy. The NBA All-Star Draft... Whoever picks second should get the next two picks. That is, that's what the change you want to make. <laughs> yeah, listen, <laughs> listen. Whenever we played basketball growing up, and it was like, do you want the first pick or do you want the next two? And I think that that's what the NBA All Star Draft should be like, <laughs> because every year LeBron's team gets way too stacked, and people are like, wait, I just have such a better team every year. And it's because they don't, you know, you got to let the the second guy go, go next to or give LeBron the option. It's like, do you want first pick? Or do you want next to? I bet that's how they do it in the playground back in the day. You know, I didn't um, include this part of. Uh, and I just wonder, they it. said a wholly unnecessary change. Yes. I, and I, I do want to say that 
Um, Aaron at the top, I cut this out from the outline because it was just like way too much for me to read on the pod, but he wanted to also incorporate, I think it was Australian footballs, the playoff format, and I just can't even get into it. So I'm sorry, Aaron. I know that you're probably listening to this. Like, why did he just cut my email in half? But I, it was too much for me to try to, to analyze and communicate to our audience, but it was a great email. Awesome stuff. I would love to see the NBA just steal this. I know there's some people who work for the NBA who listen to this podcast. I, I just steal this idea, incorporate it, it in the league. It has to happen. It has to happen. It would be amazing. We got to incentivize, like, ma- do more things to incentivize making the playoffs. Agreed. I think that's Agreed. what the league really wants. This incentivizes that um, as an organization. Uh, also, um, this is an idea I'm workshopping on the fly that I thought of right before we started. So it's it's like, it's not even half-baked. It's it's the oven's still heating up. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, and I actually don't like this aspect of the show, but Top Chef has something called Last Chance Kitchen. So it's okay. like so it's like when you lose, Padma's like, pack your knives and go. But Tom Clicky's like, but you still have Last Chance Kitchen. And there's, an, there's a second loser's bracket that's going, that's going on during the actual competition. And then later in in the competition, there'll be like four people left and they'll be like surprised the last chance kitchen winner is coming back into the competition. And it could be the person who got eliminated in week two, but they won every week in last chance kitchen and now they're back. The NBA, it should be like, there's three teams left in the playoffs and it's like, surprise, so-and-so is coming out of the loser's bracket <laughs> for a play-in game and a chance to make it to the conference finals. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a I, it's like a WWE ladder match. It's like you get the briefcase. It's like you get a you get a chance to play like f- wrestle for the the WWE belt whenever you want it. It's like we need some kind of losers bracket. And it's like oh my god, like the Charlotte Hornets have a playing game to make the conference finals. You know, I wish I read the Australian <laughs> rules section of the email because that was clearer <laughs> to me than what you just said. <laughs> Uh man, good stuff. Uh, Aaron, this was a, a great, great email. Um, I think oh, we have also, to go out on it. Okay. Also, bring back dancing <laughs> at All Star Weekend, like during the player introductions. Like you know, they used Sha- to have so much fun when Shaq Shaq went out. Yeah. Like you can't force it. You got to have like the somebody's, guys who want to dance. Somebody's got to take the reins and like get the guys. Like you know, they do a little thing, and now it's like everyone's mm-hmm. need mugging and and uh, you know, bring back some joy. I feel like Giannis has a that little in him. bit, uh, and in LeBron when he was introduced in Cleveland, that was really fun. But we need we need more. You know, we want to see the camaraderie. We want to see these guys. You know, look like they're friends. Let's give give us a little something. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, I agree. Okay, I think do you that's think the Jabberwockies or this have been the same people this entire time? <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, no, because I think that's why they wear the masks, right? Ah. That's part of the reason, okay. maybe. I don't know. I honestly have not thought about the Jabberwockies in a really long time. I'm sorry. But that's my answer to your question. Well, they performed and at the NBA Finals, so. They, this one? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, I okay. walked Did right by that. them trying to get out... Uh, of the arena to get some soft serve, not out of the arena, into the media room to get some. I was like hustling 
at halftime to get some soft serve and just, you know, ran right past we the had some. Did you have green soft serve, mint flavored? Thank God I did not. I hate mint flavored wow. ice cream. And, and the that's idea the that it's a green show. flavor. Nope, 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 nope. That's I, the end of today's I, show. I did go to we're a not pa- letting you I talk went, anymore. I went to a Padres game and they were out of swirl on my like in this one concession stand, and that was pretty upsetting. Swirl's the way to go, but oh, if there no is doubt. green, you got to do I it. I just so. can I can I just real quick address a mild controversy that I was engulfed in during the NBA Finals. Which you know, is I we, I got I thought some. This pod was going to end like seven <laughs> minutes ago, but sure, you can address I, I, get your, I, your petty grievances. Out I of the got way some the soft serve at halftime, but they were out of mm-hmm. the normal soft serve bowls, so I had to get it in a coffee cup, and it's kind of hard to know how much soft serve to put into one of those things. And several people on Twitter called me out. They're like, "Why'd you take such little soft serve? Like, why are you? You know, what was with this child size serving of soft serve? It's just I was." I was doing, you know, you can't be standing over that machine for six minutes like Malika Andrews is behind you in line. You know, other people want soft serve. Everyone's looking at you. It's the finals. Um, So, you know, you just got to get in and out of there quick. Did you have toppings? Uh, Like, what were the toppings? I told our colleague Howard Beck he needs to throw his weight around as one of the longest tenured uh, writers in the game to get the Warriors to start offering toppings because they got no oh. soft serve toppings, which is to me shocking. I, I, you know, okay. Well in Boston we had everything. It was like <laughs> being at Charlie and the chocolate factory. It was incredible. So it's that's all I got to like say about that. At Charlie. <laughs> yeah. That's what's no, up. Shout out to Staples Center. They have some good soft serve toppings too. And, uncrustable, and uncrustables. They do, they do. Okay, Um, I think that that is going to do it for today's show. Uh, Rohan, as usual, thank you so much for your insight and your expertise. Thank you so much to our listeners for listening, for writing in. Please keep the emails coming. Openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Everybody stay safe. Everybody continue to enjoy the NBA offseason. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work.